Like, we, we had, like, yeah, like, he's still out here hitting these licks and fucking these girls and, you know what I mean, toting that pistol, like, you know what I mean, blowing down that weed, like, he the same old nigga, like, that's how you know he real. himself the god in me honors the god in each and every one of you thank you for joining us thank you keon as well what's up not much man i'm in a i'm in a i'm in a, I'm in a playful mood today are you we're going home. <laughs> we about to yeah we about to have one of them things <laughs> one of them about things. To have one of them things i'm doing a harlem shake right now <laughs> we're about, about to have one of them things <laughs> Uh, go ahead, man. Tell tell us about your day, man. How are you feeling? Tell us about what it's uh the deception behind cheating on your barber. Yeah, what? No, <laughs> no, no. Um, I I feel what I didn't say anything I, wrong just now. I feel great because I just went and got a fresh Earl Hooks. Um, <laughs> tell us all about it, please. T- no, tell us all about it. Um, no, I I decided to switch it up. Usually I go with the low fade, but I told him to keep it high on the top this time. Um, and I just right. got the fade around. So, but who, it, but who did you tell this to, though? Oh, okay, okay. I see what you're doing here. I did not go to my usual barber, and I don't feel bad about that because my barber, his schedule and my schedule just aren't working out right now. So, I mean, it yeah. is what it is. I'm not just going to go without a haircut. I have somebody solid um, around the way that I use, um, good references and things like that. So, yeah. yeah, I went and I got a haircut from somebody else. And I don't give a shit because it no, looks I, good. I you, so, sometimes <laughs> it's not. Sometimes it's not a. It's it's you. It's me thing. Sometimes it's not a. Hey, you're not holding up your side of the relationship. Sometimes it's just the circumstances that you all happen to inhabit at this moment in time. Right. Don't don't give way to a fruitful relationship. I understand that. <laughs> yeah, I understand that people should understand that in their in their more romantic relationships as well. <laughs> Doesn't necessarily have to be anybody's fault. It's just the circumstances at play at the moment. Right. Um, but um, what's what's going on? How how's your week, man? Um, it's, actually, no, no, no. Wait, before we get into that, okay. barbershop. What is what are the differences, if any, that you can discern between getting a haircut from some regular old Joe Schmo down the street from you and your particular barber? Um, I will say this: Stefan's been cutting my hair for probably since I was just out of high school. Um, so, you know, about... Damn, hold on. Okay, wait, wait, wait. What? <laughs> I think, I think I've, I've had to have known that. Like, it makes sense when you say it to me because I've known you all that time right. and more. But damn. Yeah, Stefan's been cutting my hair long... since I was like 18. Oh my gosh, that's just such, that's so wild. Like, for someone to work on the same canvas for so long. Like, he... <laughs> He must know every little crevice and well, groove you know of your head. That's like, the thing. So let me tell you this. So before I was getting my hair cut from Stefan, I was getting my hair cut from a guy named King. Um, <laughs> and King kind of taught Stefan how to cut my hair. King was leaving the shop. And okay. I kind of just drifted over to Stefan. And I guess, you know, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but apparently I have just a grade of hair that is a little different from <laughs> from most people. Uh, no, 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 no. What? 
What? <laughs> Just give me a second. Okay. Give me a second. <laughs> toot my own horn. No, let's stick. Let's stick here for a second. Okay. <laughs> let's toot this horn. Okay. <laughs> you have a grade of hair that's different than most people. Let's let's. So you got you got that good hair. Like you got Look, some. I'm what, not. What I don't want to. What would you say? What would you say it feels like? Is it is it silkier? Is it a? My, you say grade. My hair is is fairer finer it is from what i've been told yes it okay. is there you go there you go thick it's dark um mm. no woes it's full it's volu- vol- voluminous yeah let's go yeah like it's i would say that you do you do have a fine head of hair sir thank you yes thank you i just yeah. i wasn't yes. just i wasn't just i wasn't trying to come in here and just and you know i'm just be like yeah, yeah. nigga, like yeah. Ah, you know what i'm saying like <laughs> my hair it's, it's this. Right. Um, I don't know about my y'all. Hair. My hair is like this. You know what right, I'm saying? Right, like I wasn't right. trying to do that, but I've you know I have a, a I have a grade of hair um, that barbers seem to like because honestly, a lot of times I've gotten you know when I've gotten my hair cut by other people, you know maybe one or two people have said like yeah you know you got like this kind of hair blah blah blah. Um, can't- Back when you were worried about getting in producing waves. It was that's an easy task for you. Yes, yes, it is. Is it not? It is. Yeah, it is. Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. Waves is easy for for me to get. Yes. Um, okay. I don't King. even. Yeah. Okay. I'm about to say I don't even know where we were at just now. Okay. So yeah, I used to get my haircut by this guy named King, and he, you know, he kind of taught Stefan how to cut my hair because apparently you have to do it a certain way. Um, okay. And I will tell you this much. When Stefan cuts my hair, it is unlike any other person that tries to cut my hair. Wow, that's interesting. Yes. So when I get my hair. Science. Yeah, yeah, man. When I get my hair cut by Stefan, it comes out in a way that no one else can reproduce. I will say that. Um, But uh, all right, as far as uh, what do you want to talk about? The the aesthetics, the atmosphere as well? Um. Well, well. So now this other dude. So now I really need to know this, since I know that they have it down to such a science. Mm-hmm. I need to know what it is that you're experiencing from this other person when it comes to the feel of it, because you say that it's something that no one else could reproduce. It cannot be duplicated. So the main thing that stands out is the fact that when Stefan cuts my hair, when I get the fade, I mean, you've seen me off of a fresh fade before. Like, yes, my hair just lays down so perfectly and it's just like <laughs> jet black and it's, it's just so pristine. Um, yes. But when other people cut my hair, I just find that like they don't get it to like just lay down and just look so silky smooth. It, you know, mm. I just have these strands of hair. that are always sticking up. So I find myself having to go get my nearest wave cap and put it on and to get my hair to lay down. When Stefan cuts my hair, I don't need to put a wave cap on. Ever. I don't know. I don't know what he does, but I, yeah, he just makes it look. Maybe it's a certain grade of brush. Maybe the brush he's using has a certain bristle on it. I don't know, man. That, that he knows is good for your type. Yeah, I don't know because I'm trying to figure out what he would have to do in order to lay the hair down. But I don't. But here's the thing. Stefan's been cutting my hair for 10 plus years. He just he just does it. I don't. Yeah. Like yeah, they're just gonna yeah, they're just gonna be things that he understands. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, like ten years of cutting somebody's hair, you're gonna you're gonna know, like you said, the grooves and the crevices and all that. It's stuff. funny because he probably knows your head better than you do. Yes. Okay. Oh, absolutely. That's interesting. Absolutely. Hmm. 
Okay. But um, I, I, I had I had to know. I had to know. Yeah, but because I've been I've been getting a better relationship. We've talked about it before. <laughs> back well, pretty much since you had made fun of me for not actually having a real barber, like <laughs> I would just go, <laughs> I would bounce around. So any Joe Schmo? I. Th- I thought I had one for a little bit, and then I realized this person just up and moved to Dallas, and you told me, oh, that's not your real barber then. No, because I, you know, I, so. I, w- I wish Stefan would <laughs> would move to a different state and not say something to me. I wish I wish he would do that. I wish he would do that. Like, don't disrespect, don't disrespect me like that. <laughs> yeah, no, that is that that is pretty disrespectful. Like, because again, if we're gonna if we're gonna draw the parallels between these different sorts of relationships that you can have in your life, it's the same thing. Like, don't you just can't get up and walk away from this relationship without letting me know. Like, you're clearly you know that you're a big part of my life. You know you're integral to the way that I to my self esteem. Pretty <laughs> yeah. much, like, like I, I come I come to you for you to bolster my self esteem. <laughs> like twice a week, three times a week, however long you go. So for you to leave is that's wildly inconsiderate. Yeah, yeah. it is. It is. I wish <laughs> okay. hey, I, I walk into the shop and he's not there, and someone says, "Oh yeah, he ain't tell you he moved to New York." I would be <laughs> flabbergasted. Are you gonna? Would you text him? Would you? Yeah, like, I'm gonna text what him. You, what would, but what are you gonna say though? I'm gonna be like, yo, like you moved to New York, like you didn't, like why you wasn't gonna say nothing. It's and see that here's the thing. It's not. It has nothing to do with the fact that this man moved anywhere. It's the fact that he didn't tell me. So I walked into the shop expecting to see you. And you're not there, and you will no longer be there. Well, you would not walk into the shop if you didn't make an appointment. Well, with well yeah, that's true, because I make appointments. I don't just walk into the shop. I, I go in Do- there, and I get my hair cut. Yeah, no, nah, you can't. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Yeah, so especially if I've been making appointments with you for God knows how long, like, like you're going to have to be considerate enough to let me know that you left. Yeah, to be honest, I don't even know, unless it's a Wednesday at... 10 o'clock in the morning, I'm kind of looking at the barber weird if I can just walk into your shop and get, get a haircut by you because I'm wondering why you don't have appointments lined up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering why I can just easily slide in here and get a get a cut on a, on a Friday at 5 p.m. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, that you're trash. <laughs> um, but you're a trash barber if that's the case. I want to tell you a little bit about the spot that I'm going to, though, because it's, it's a cool spot. Um, so it's owned by someone and, you know, Kyle, let's just say it's like distant family. Um, I'm not going to go down the family tree. It's just, they're not like blood relative to me. Um, a lot of, you Mm. know, through marriage type shit, but, um, so distant relative. Um, and the guy, he's an artist. He has like paintings all over the place that he's drawn that are really, really cool. Um, so I like that aspect. Um, Does he sell his pieces within the barbershop? No, he actually, oh, okay. he, um, we were talking about it today. Cause you know, this is only my second time uh, getting my hair cut by this guy. So he was telling me today that like, he's not really at a point where he feels like he wants to sell his art just yet. But he, he was like, you know, what I appreciate more than anything is when someone like I did today comes in and just asks about the artwork. And I can tell right. them, you know, yeah, like I did this, you know. Right. Um, so I think he really, really likes that. He was like, you know, telling me that, you know, at some point he might get to a point when he when he when he bolsters up uh, his inventory of pieces. He was like, I might right. try to get rid of some of these because he said he's had people come in and ask him, you know, 
to buy his artwork before, but he was just like, you know, he's just not ready to do that yet. And that's cool. See, and that and, and, and that's why I was a little bit confused when you said no to it. Because if I mean he he enjoys the appreciation, which all creators do, mm-hmm. but and he has people that are ready to come in and make purchases, mm-hmm. inquiries, all sorts of the compliments they're giving, but he's not ready. So what is it that he needs to be ready to sell them? Like, is it um, because it has too much too much sentimental value to him, and he doesn't he doesn't want to I get think, rid of them? I think it may be that, but I will tell you this: he told me that he's he's only started really getting into it in like the last year or so. He said. Um, you know, the early quarantine days really helped him kind of get into his bag um, as far as, you know, learning different um, artistic processes techniques and, and techniques and yeah, things like that. Yeah. Because um, he told me like, you know, he was he, he told me he's willing to sell them, but only like he was like, I'd only do it if I just like went to Staples and got it like, a, you know, gave someone like a scan to copy. And I was just like, OK, oh, wow. okay, OK, that's cool. But a lot of his a lot of his artwork. Um, has a lot of texture in it as well with the paints that he uses. So you wouldn't yeah. really be getting yeah, exactly nah, what nah. you saw. Yeah, no, 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 no. You know, I need I need the texture. I need to see the brush strokes. Oh yeah, no, I feel I, that. I need to be I need to be able to feel the brush strokes. I, feel that. I need to know. And exclusivity comes along with these things as well when it comes to art. Yeah, because it's like it's so like need, it's like a one of one, right? Know yeah, I need to be able to know that I have this. It's not just something like everybody can go get. Right. Because you just you just out here. Yeah. Nah, yeah. Nah, nah, nah. So, you know, but, you know, I, I respect it. That's his art. That's what he want to do. You know, I respect yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I respect it. It's his prerogative at the end of the day. I'm just, yeah, I just like to know. <laughs> See what the fuck is going on. But um, since you brought up art, I would like to talk about my trip to the American Art Museum. Hey. Yeah, I saw you posted oh. some pictures up. So, did you like? Did you like them? I did like. Did them. you enjoy them? I, look, man, as I've gotten older, I have gotten. I've come to have more of an appreciation of uh of art. You know, especially like abstract stuff. I really love oh, yeah. abstract art. Um, and I can't wait to like own a home one day so I could just mm-hmm. nigga. I'm gonna be picking some art out. I can't <laughs> wait. Uh, all right, you, you might be able to wait on them price tags, though. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, look I'm going to get what I can afford. I'm not about to be out here. Like. <laughs> <laughs> the more and more I've gotten invested into looking at art and just seeing these appraisals, I mean, you, you realize yeah. they can be small bits, right, and it's right. still something astronomical, at least for our pockets now. Right, clearly. right, right. But, you, but you're clearly speaking about, you know, years ahead of you. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You, you being in a better spot financially and all that. Right, right, right. Uh, anywho, so I'm in there. Well, actually, before I even get there, because this is something we should probably touch on before we get there. Two quick things. One, I go up to D.C. with a, with a beautiful friend of mine. We leave the parking garage, walking down the street. And there's this woman, probably couldn't be more than 30, but I'm thinking somewhere between 24, 28 range. Walking with the child, couldn't be over the age of five, probably three or four years old. This baby is wailing at the top of its like I don't I don't know if I've ever heard a child scream Damn. like this child was screaming they were walking past an intersection 
coming up by the metro station where we were. Did, did we y'all were, take we the metro? Were, no, no, no. We did. We were walking past. Okay. It. We were parked in a parking garage by the Capital One Center, or whatever. Okay. So we're so we're walking, and we're our path is perpendicular with these with this duo, and right as we pass them, you see his name. <laughs> you know when you can you can hear them like sucking in the air, uh-huh. getting ready for this one. <gasps> I'm just like, yo, what is going on with this child? And then my that thought abruptly stopped when the next thing occurred. We walked past them. We're probably like ten steps, fifteen steps away from this restaurant. We're about to walk into a little hole in the wall place, which I'm about to speak about next. When this woman belts out, "Shut the fuck up!" Whoa! Whoa. Shut the fuck up! What the fuck is wrong with you? Whoa. With the fucking attitude? Oh. There were so many people out on this corner. Like I said, it was it was by a metro station. <laughs> there were so many people out in this hustle and bustle in DC. And she had no shame. Wow. <laughs> Didn't give a fuck. I yo, my friend and I looked at each other like, oh my, there's so many questions that started racing through our minds. <sighs> What do you think of first, Keon? Like, what's the first thing to pop your mind when I tell you this story? Um, first thing that I'm thinking of is the fact that this is a child. Like, one, you shouldn't be using language that that is just so abrasive like this. Um, yes. Like, there's other ways to go about this. Um, she yes. was about two seconds away from just punching the shit out of this kid. That's how or I feel. throwing this child into the street. In, like, or, it was. God. It seemed like she. It seemed like she was through with this child. And don't get me wrong, because like I know, like parenting is not easy. It's not for sure, one thousand percent. So I can understand when a parent gets a little overwhelmed, gets a little loud with the kids. Like I get right. that, but the but, right, be, right, because again, we're catch, we're only catching a glimpse right in the life of these people. Right. So what I'm trying to do is extrapolate and figure out. What what the bigger picture may possibly look like? Right. This is all it's all speculation. But from oh, this glimpse, I can tell you what the this this ain't just happening outside the crib. This is happening at home as well, bro. <laughs> that's that's really the key. There's so many different little minute details that go into this that big the that build the bigger picture. But that point right there, mm-hmm. if she's okay with committing a transgression like that. Amidst all of these people in the middle of the street, in the middle of D.C., the nation's capital, <laughs> what the fuck is going on inside the house when they get home? Right. That's an explosive. Yeah, that's it, that can't be. It can't be good. So then, you know, what? the very first thing is I thought, wow, like that's like I think I may have chuckled like, wow, like that was a little over the top because exaggeration is funny to me when things exist when people exaggerate things or i feel like they're going over the top that shit is funny to me so it's sort of like a caricature like i'm watching a cartoon (laughs) would you like i understand the kid was screaming which was already sort of funny in itself but then you decided to beat the child at its own game right (laughs) like you're now doing the same exact thing that the child was doing whatever it was that the child was upset about it was screaming to try to get the attention or bring notice to the fact that it was happening. 
Now, we don't know what the fuck it was, and neither does she, because she said, fuck this fucking attitude. So she just thinks it's an attitude. Right. <laughs> there's, pro- there's probably some sort of pain, hurt going on inside of this little person, and she'll never get down to the bottom of it because she just tells it to shut the fuck up. But as a response, she does the same thing. There is some hurt, some pain going on inside of her from all the years of abuse that she's probably had in her life, which is why this cycle is continuing. Mm-hmm. But as well as this being brought on from this child screaming in her ear as they're walking across. And she decides to, again, do the same thing he's doing and reciprocate that energy. So that's definitely not a way to show a child (laughs) any sort of love or compassion or way of of righteous thinking or response to, uh, you know, something hurtful or wrongdoing that someone else is doing to you. And the thing is, is like we got to we got to realize these kids are sponges. So like all that, all that animosity and hostility, like they're taking that in bit by bit through the years. So a thousand percent. But that's but that's what I'm saying about this older lady is, well, I mean, the younger lady really is that she probably went through something quite similar to that because there'd be no reason as to why it's it's been so normalized in her to do that. Yeah. Unless that was the case, unless she had been around it, seen it, been a part of it, yeah. whatever, to I mean, some degree. I've I've had my fair share of ass whoopings growing up. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, right. But like I've also had a lot of love and comfort, a lot of real conversations, a lot of lectures. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there was a lot yeah. of there what but there was never any shut the fuck ups. You know what I'm saying? There was never any of that. <laughs> there was none of that. We can. I, it's, it's, we are here laughing at some mental Ooh, child abuse right now, <laughs> but it's like it is extremely exaggerative and it's so unnecessary. You're right. I, I never understood that. I just feel like if you're going to be an adult, which again I've said this to people a lot of the time, adults are nothing but children that continue to live. <laughs> that's 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 really all it is. So I you like that. grow up, and a lot of times, like yeah, and a lot of times people continue to do the same things they did as children because they weren't necessarily corrected or weren't given the tools that they needed to be able to correct mm-hmm. them. So it's just, that's insane. But that, that child is a very good chance if that child doesn't have other, you know, mentors in life, teachers, coaches, it takes a village, whatever, man. You know, it takes a, yeah, it takes exactly, a village. It takes a village. So um, if they're not too many other people, or at least one really good one to show them a better way, there's a chance this person could completely be emotionally fucked up, don't know how to express their emotions, are scared to express them because anytime they may be hurt or bothered, they feel like they're going to say something and the person's going to respond with a shut the fuck up. Right. So it's just, yeah, these are just things that we got to think about. Yeah. yeah. Speaking it's, of it's, it's pretty- uh, speaking of adults being children that just, what'd you say? They, 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 they just continue to live. Continue to live. What are your Halloween plans, my friend? Uh, I was just notified today because I had none and I still have none. Okay. But I was notified today that we are able to wear costumes at my job. Oh, come on, man. You don't, you gotta, you gotta do something. I gotta, I gotta do something. You still got that banana in the clip? I, I got the banana. Um, but as it does suggest a large penis, I don't think that 
we should do it. It's it's the way that a banana is formed. Because I know you're looking at me crazy right now. It's the way that the banana is formed. It, it starts off top, you know what I mean, and then it kind of comes down between the legs, and yeah. then my leg and my legs are on either side of the protruding bottom, <laughs> which makes it, which is suggestive of large penis. So I don't think that that's something I can roll like run around with at a, at an establishment such as the one that I am employed at. <laughs> <laughs> no, Keon. I I'm, whether I got the banana in the clip or not, the banana clip is staying at home. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not doing that. I, I do have. I can't do that either. I also do have sexy officer. Oh. <laughs> I got like a. It looks like it's like some like some YMCA. Thing. Oh man! Like, is it like uh, is it, is it like cropped? People? Yeah, the village people. Is it like cropped? Yeah, man. Is it like a crop top? It takes a it takes it takes a village. It <laughs> takes a village. Um, yeah, yeah, like the sleeves are cut off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's like a sleeveless police outfit with the head. And I, yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's it might it might be a little too. Oh. oh, plus I can't do it anyway because I got like tattoo sleeves. So never mind, I can't do that anyway. Oh man, I don't know. Y'all have to think of something. But see, that's the thing. If you do something at your job, it kind of has to be whack to a degree. Like you can't. It doesn't you can't have to really... be whack. It just can't be uh, provocative. Okay. Well, I'm trying to provoke somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... Halloween, man. Come on. Well, yeah, like, I know it's Halloween. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, like yeah, I don't want to like I don't want to be wholesome <laughs> and spook and spooky at the same time. You don't want, you don't want to go in there dressed as the Pope. <laughs> I can't. No, 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 no. I, I can't. Yeah, and and there are probably certain things you can't do either. That's too. Yeah, that's, that's too probably religious. a little religious. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, you're it's right. too religious. See, see what I'm saying? Right, like, you right, can't, That's right. provocative. That's provocative. Yeah. So you can't do it. You got to just go in there with a fucking cape. In some in some things, yeah. Like I'm not doing. I'm not doing that. Like I'm not being a PTA member at a at a monster bash. <laughs> or a, mo- a monster mash. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, y'all want to. Y'all want to dress up as Elvis? See what you see? What I'm saying? Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> exactly. You see, you know the ones. Like, you know the. the, the yeah, I'm not doing all that basic. You don't. Shit. You don't, don't want to be I'm, like a, a big ass peanut butter and jelly sandwich. If I can. <laughs> <laughs> If I can just, be, can I just be me? Can I just, it's just if I can what just wear mean? like my casual, like my casual outfit, I'll wear this and I'm black y'all and I'm black y'all hoodie I got. I bet you, I bet you they won't let me wear that no, though. No, they not. <laughs> That's see, what's the problem? Mm, <laughs> why can't I wear that? Why can't I, why can't I come dressed as a social justice warrior? Uh... I don't know. That's probably just that's probably on the same level as coming in with a with a, you know, uh, a Biden Harris shirt on or a Trump (laughs) Pence shirt on. So, you know, you know, yeah, you know what? It's the land of the free. I don't want to do this. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't want to do this. This is mad shit that we're not going to be allowed to do. So, no, I don't I don't Um, have any any. Well, look, so um, Halloween is Antoinette's favorite holiday. And for anybody that did care about the Smithsonian American Art Museum story, I will be back to it. Okay, Go ahead. okay, my bad. Um, <laughs> so we went to Spirit of Halloween uh, like last night, and she, wait, what is Spirit of Halloween? It's a what it's a it? Halloween store where you go buy costumes at. Oh, that's what it's called. Okay, yes. Spirit of Halloween. Yes, gotcha. it's Spirit of Halloween. Uh, they usually just every every you know it's a seasonal thing. They come around every. Every year, Halloween season. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, they you'll you'll start seeing them in like September. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, 
But um, yeah, tons of things to choose from. Antoinette is going to be Lydia from Beetlejuice. I am going to be Beetlejuice. <laughs> um, I bought uh, we bought some green temporary hairspray um, that mm-hmm. I'm going to put on my fade. So I am going to be. You just call me nigga juice. <laughs> call me nigga juice. Yo, 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 that's. Oh I'm, god, <laughs> I'm going to be Negro juice. Um, Ew. <laughs> Um, but um, I got the uh, I got the black and white suit. Um, I'm gonna spray paint my hair green. Um, okay. You know, it's gonna be cool. And I don't know if we're <laughs> actually going to go to a place, but we do plan to just go into DC and just kind of like walk around DC. You know, maybe pop right. in, get a drink here, get a drink there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, just be a part of the general festivities. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because you know, even though a lot of these a lot of places that we're gonna that we'd like to go to are probably gonna have capacity limits. People are still going to be out and about in the streets, so it's still going to be a good time. It's so wild. We we just we kicked this whole Corona thing to the side, like with the with the ease. We're like, yeah, yeah, you know what? I mean, you know what? There are holiday season. Like we out here. There, there, there's definitely some things that I've become a little more relaxed on. Um, right. Like I don't plan on going to any concerts or any you know festivals or. Um, you know, we're not mm. flying anywhere because airports are already dirty as it is, even before Corona. <laughs> um, so, you know what I'm saying? But like just out in the open air, you know what I'm saying? Uh, with a mask on, obviously. Um, mm. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm willing to take those specific chances. Yeah, I was about to say we're all out here taking chances and risks. Nobody really knows yeah, shit, what's going man. I go to, on. I go to work five days a week. I'm taking chances. We're all taking everybody's out. It's the like restaurants are super funny, too, because you go out and they don't have a lot of places don't have physical menus. Like, oh, no, just scan this code uh-huh. and it'll pop into your safari uh-huh. and you, it'll take you straight to a menu on our website. And that way. So now we're pandemic proof uh-huh. provisions, covid free. It's like I'm touch, like, that's fine, but I'm touching everything else in this place. Right. I'm touching the guest check presenter that you bring out to me at the end. I'm the pen that you brought, the food that you brought that I'm putting in my mouth. Like I'm, there's mad stuff that we're both touching. Honestly, it's just it's just funny the things that they choose that we can't touch and we can. It's just like we we don't really know what's going on out here. Yeah, I mean, because it is it is pretty ridiculous having to go to restaurants wearing your mask mask on when you walk in, but when you sit down. Then, then you can, then you can, say, and then sometimes people be getting up, and going to the bathroom without the mask yeah. on. It's just it's, a bunch of weird stuff. I go, I go to the gym. You have to wear a mask when you walk in. Once they take your temp and you walk past, you can take it off. Some people walk, wear them when they're working out. Most people don't. Uh-huh. You're in the gym. People breathing, sweat everywhere. All they did was put a couple more uh, receptacles around where you can take out a little sheet, a little, you know sanitizer sheet right. and wipe some stuff down so they threw a couple more of those out there to make people feel safe right. but it, it is what it is yeah, it's, it's a shit show it's it's really a shit yeah, show yeah i mean but again you know that's that's usually what it is the first time people do something yeah and this is the first time you know that these people our generation has had to really deal with what it is we're going yeah, through but our i mean so, our country has prided itself so much on just individualism and and rights and and you know, being able to do what you, why why you say rights like that? 
Like, what is that? I mean, the first time. Rats. <laughs> I got my rats. Because <laughs> every time you see somebody arguing, you know, the you know the, the precautions and the mask and whatnot, mm-hmm. the first thing they talk about is, you're infringing on my rights. The first amendment. I never seen so many niggas that know. The the we're, amendments, we're, we're, yeah. like I like the, these niggas know these amendments, man. For sure. Like, oh, in 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 the policy sixty three chapter seven, it says yo, blah blah blah, and I'm just yo, like, yo, yeah, right, okay, yeah, right, okay, yeah, right, okay. Um, uh, I wanted I wanted to get to now we're talking about restaurants a little bit to a place that we walked past or we walked to. Right as the little baby was being told to shut the fuck up by the metro station, uh, <laughs> called Hip City Veg. I've heard of this. Shout place. out! Wait, you say what? I've heard of it. Never been there, but I've heard of it. Who who told you about it? What did you hear? I mean, it's just it's it's a it's a spot in D.C. You know, people talk like people talk about it on social media. Like you know, I've, I've just heard of it. Okay, that's fine. So you didn't hear any, you don't remember any particulars? Just at a place called Hip no, City Veg. That, exists. Yeah, it exists. That's all I know about it. Okay, Hip City Vez, they got like three places in Washington, D.C., one, two, three, four, five places in Philadelphia. Um, it's it's a great place. Hip City Veg's menu is 100% plant-based, meaning the like the actual menu, the tangible menu. All of our takeout materials are recyclable or compostable. All of our soy is 100% organic and GMO-free. I love a place that can give you, one, they don't lie. Like the places you were talking about, uh, the vegan restaurants yeah. and menus, they try to tell you, oh, try our roasted chicken nuggets, but they're actually cauliflower, right. like that have soy on right. them to give them the color. Like, no, it's not that. They tell you what is a grilled portobello sandwich and what is a burger. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And they tell you if there's beyond meat being used in a particular burger. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's all over the place. I got an arugula taco salad that came with romaine, black beans, organic arugula, grilled corn, pico de gallo, tortillas, avocado, cilantro dressing. It was great. It was it's, it's great stuff. I love everything that they were doing there. It's a real nice, quaint, hole in the wall sort of place. The people were very nice. It was clean. You they should got um, stuff to us quickly. What you should if you like that, you should try this spot called New Vegan on Georgia Avenue. Oh. Okay. If you know, if you want to go all to right. somewhere, you know, that's kind of like healthy and you know, vegan and all that stuff, um, you should try New Vegan. I believe it's on Georgia Avenue. Yeah, I just like places that have because this again, they they have burgers, they have nuggets, they got fries, but then they also I just like the variety. Okay. I like that they give everybody a chance, and I love because I hear or understand that we've been kind of behind the wave that California has been riding for quite some time on having better alternatives, Mm -hmm. just healthier alternatives on the East coast. So I'm glad that there are places that can open up. I'm glad that there's enough of a market so that these places can open up. I I love it. I love it. I love it. We're trying, we're trying to get better. You know what I mean? Slowly, but surely some of us are trying. And I, I really appreciate that because I've been taking my diet, and everything about my health a whole lot more serious ever since I had that little, I don't know what that was. That might have been Corona I had, whatever it was. But ever since I got out of that, I realized that I was I was done just taking health for granted. Uh-huh. I, I just I didn't I never wanted to go through that feeling again. It's just the weirdest thing. I've talked to you about it before, just being trapped in a maleficent prism of 
I just want to be out of here. I just want to be free. The only possible thing that I can think about is the fact that I'm sick and that I feel terrible and that I no longer want this to be my state of consciousness. Uh, uh. That's it. You're not worried about anything. And that's what's so funny is our perspective on things is we allow so many things to come to our mind and overwhelm us. And it's all such bullshit. And you realize that when your health goes or something actually important takes place and takes precedence in your mind, it's, it's like, it's very, very eye opening. Um, but I, the last thing I wanted to finish on, well, not the last thing of my week, because there, there's something else I got to speak on. And it's about our, our dear friend. I'm going to call him Reginald. Okay. But before we get to, before we get to that, <laughs> the, the going through the art museum, I'm looking at all this beautiful art, all this art that took so much time and the dichotomy between having something written right next to the piece of art that lets you know who did it, where it came from, a bit of the backstory, what it means to them. And then the ones that just give you nothing. This is the title. Do it at what you will. Mm-hmm. Those two, I find such value in both of them. I love I love both of them. Looking at some of these beautiful, beautifully made paintings, sculptures, whatever they were, some of the abstract art, just putting things together. I just think about the wonders of wanting to be great at something. And I think about all the people that have strived and taken all the time in their life to dedicate to something bigger than themselves, some form of expression, something that they just couldn't do without something they know exalts their existence. It gives them meaning to life and they have to do that thing. They wouldn't know what else to do without it and really taking the time that it takes to do that. And then I think about the mediocrity that has been normalized today. (laughs) I think about all the people that don't give a shit to be great at anything. Right. And I'm sure that that's always been a thing. Again, I'm not saying that there was just there there was a time when it was just nothing but great people doing stuff. But you know, I guess I'm more so speaking to the Enlightenment age and things like that, where you had a robust activity of you know authors in their literature breaking boundaries and scientists and philosophers and artists and all these sorts of things. And I guess right now you could say that would you know us in this technological age would be some sort of version of that. But also with that is just become people squandering their time, scrolling mindlessly through a bunch of things and not really giving a shit to put that time into being great at anything. It's like just enough to be able to get by and continue to breathe. And I'm good with that. And I'm just like, golly, like that's, I mean, that's kind of the shit I was talking about on the last part. It is. Yeah. It's exactly what you were talking about. Becoming complacent. Yeah. Finding a nice little lazy groove and just laying you know, there. Like, dead, dead fish. Making just enough money to pay my bills and, you know, have a little fun. And that's OK with me. Like, nah. Right. Nah. And, like the, and that's and that's where I'll be. Yeah. Until the day until the day I die. Like there, there will be no spark of desire to be anything more than I am in this very moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, nah, that's pretty sad. So that's something I was. 
this thought that just repetitively shot into my mind when I was looking at all these beautiful pieces of art. Yeah. Wow. These people really, I was looking at one piece of art that was, uh, oh my God, it was so beautiful. It was called the, I think it was called like the great something. Uh, I need to know. I really need to know what it was called, but it was pretty much talking about, Oh, great picture. But there was this writing to the side of it that really, really got me thinking. It was just a time when people would go and sort of have what we would look at as a movie premiere, except it would just be a premiere or, you know, an outcoming of a photo or a a painting. And they would have, you know, the red, the red silk curtains or red velvet curtains ahead and people would come and they pay their tickets and get dressed to the nines like they were going out to a racing event like Gold Cup or something like that with all the pearls and the big hats and the shoes and the belt buckles and the this and the that. And they would go and just sit and wait for these red curtains to get drawn back so they could just marvel at a piece of artwork. Interesting. And I was like, that's fucking dope. <laughs> I'm like, that is real appreciation. Like, that's beautiful to really come out. And these people would just spend years and years painting these great pictures for people to come out and view in that fashion. I just thought that, again, coming back to appreciation of of simple but complex things is something that I feel like we should get. uh, We should, you know, dip our toes back into a little bit. Have you? uh, That's awesome. Have you ever been to an art show? Uh, I've been uh, to like an exhibit. You know uh, I mean, I mean I've, maybe just like well, you know, like my, my grandfather was an artist. You know, yeah, like yeah, I've yeah. been to yeah, like well, I went to because just in the in the you know in the I don't know what you want to call it the my world the DJ world the music world that mm-hmm. underground shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I've come to know a lot of uh, artists, and they're always right. doing like little pop up showcases like. They'll rent a space out with a bunch of other artists and just kind of have a bunch of people come through and mingle and, you know, chit chat and, you know, have, right. you know, and just show off their art and, you know, some pe- people buy it and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's you know, nobody's getting dressed to the nines, but it's it's still mm-hmm. happening in, in some spaces. Yeah, it's still like it's, yeah, it's, it's own way I mean, And there's no, obviously yeah. there's no, no fucking red curtain, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone's attention is not solely focused on this one right, piece of art right. that's going to yeah be revealed yeah no i again i i mean i like i like them all yeah i just feel like this was a very novel way yeah of no it's a piece of art it's, yeah, and, yeah it's very different i get it yeah no that, that was pretty that, that's that's pretty cool um we we can get off of that the last thing i want to talk about from my week was was the friend reginald all right <laughs> That decided to come on by my house, hit me up. Hey, man, like, you at the crib? Yeah, I'm over here. Go ahead, pop on through. Comes through after going to the gym. He has tropical smoothie in his hand. Wraps and chips, smoothie. That's important. It'll come back later. Comes, sits down at the table with me because I'm eating my peanut butter and jellies. And we start talking. Now. This person works with a lot of older men that don't necessarily share his political views, <laughs> plight, social justice, plights, all of those things or uh, methodologies 
to arriving at these conclusions that they have in their mind. So he finds himself on a day-to-day basis having a lot of a lot of contention in his arguments and a lot of contention in his his speak and conversation with almost almost everybody at his job. It sounds like the way he talks about it. So then he comes to me and it seems like he just has a lot to let out, like a little, he needs to really get his shit off because clearly it's it's not so encouraged at his place of work, mm-hmm. shall we say. You know, a lot of times they tell him, oh, you young, you don't know yet. Like, once you get older, you'll understand more. Like, you'll start to see it from there. I used to be like you young. Oh, oh, you were young. And I used to be like you. I remember like, <laughs> so he, 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 he gets a lot of that, which right. is extremely, it's extremely patronizing right. and frustrating when people talk to you like that. Like, like your thoughts um, aren't worth anything right now. Yeah, they're pretty much they're pretty much the lady by the metro station telling you shut the fuck up because you you like right. you're not expressing yourself correctly. You don't you don't really know. So this entire time he's talking about, and I don't even know half the stuff he's talking about. Joe Biden emails, and 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 how they were proved to to be justified, and what Trump got going on, and. You know, just the difference in the political views of the extreme conservative and the extreme liberals and how it feels like there's got to be some middle ground for people and how it feels like when it comes to social issues it's mostly just blue for him. But he understands the economic side from the conservatives and he's been he has been neck deep (laughs) in politics ever since the last election. He says he just reads articles and listens to podcasts and watches the news and blah, blah, blah. Like this has been a lot of his life and a, and a lot of people. A lot of people have been put on to politics and things of such sort ever since. My whole issue. Is he comes in first thing he said, hey, man, you vote, you vote, you vote yet. Hey, we count on you. We can we count on you. <laughs> this this is this is my thing. I don't I never never decry the value of knowledge. I've never been that person. No one has ever heard me be that person. I think you should go and get the, the most amount of data that you possibly can. But in doing so, you have to critically analyze the data that you're getting and also understand what that relation is between whatever field it is that you're delving into so deeply and the rest of the realm that you live in the physical realm the inner the inner space realm your mind as a person there's just a lot of correlates that i feel like correlations that people are not making i'll tell you i'll tell you one here Have you voted? Have you voted? You need to go vote. You got to go vote. You didn't vote. You're not using your voice. You're not doing your civil duty. How are we supposed to get better if we don't? Listen, you talked about voting and told people to go use their voice the other day on the podcast. And I bigged you up. I said, yeah, go ahead. Do it. I'm not in the democratic system that we have set in place now. I don't think that it's a bad, a bad reasoning 
to think that that is something that you should do. Mm -hmm. I don't think that. What I do say is that there are caveats to things. There are other things that we should think about. What's interesting to me is that people come at people so strongly every time it's time to vote because that is the civil duty. That is the thing that we need to do to move forward, to progress, for the world to become anew. Well, or not, if you're speaking more conservative and traditional. But the thing is this, why is it that we never come at other people for the rest of our civil duties? Hmm. Why does it why does it end? It starts and ends with voting for a lot of people in conversation. You and now. The, so this is a question that I posed to my friend Reginald, and he was saying, well, this is this is the basis. This is the building block. This is the start voting. That is the bare minimum you can do for your community as your civil duty. Because there are plenty of people that don't necessarily have the time to try to go out and be a bigger part of their community and work in their community on a day to day basis and do their civil duty in that sense. And then he asked me what I felt like I was doing for my civil duty. And I said some things, but here's a better response. We are the community. I This is something I feel like is really interesting because people somehow have divided themselves, their singular being from the community. No, every single person makes the community. So when you ask me what I'm doing, as my civil duty or what we should be doing or what could possibly be more important than waiting however long it is that we wait so that we can vote on someone to go and change our lives for us and, and cross our fingers and click our heels and hope for the best. I, I say to that, change yourself, be looking and again, I know that I come in, I preach this stuff and people probably don't want to hear about becoming a better person, but you need to hear it <laughs> because that is how change occurs. There has to be an enlightenment, a new enlightenment age, if you will. Now that I'm referring back to the art, there has to be that you work on yourself. And if enough people are thinking that way then the community changes. The people that we put in place to do these things change. It all changes the relationship between us, the relationship between us and the way that we think about things, ideas, religions, morals, ethics. All of our interactivity changes if we change ourselves first. So that's the way that I decided I would answer his question. I don't think he really had too much of an argument towards that because I mean, I, I mean, I'm waiting for it for anybody. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'd really like to, again, he's talking about, uh, you know, people, what do you do if you work 40, 60 hours a week and you got to come home, you got to eat, you got to sleep, you got to get ready. Okay. That's fine. 
everybody you know, nigga, don't live that life. <laughs> you don't spend three hours on NBA 2K today, one hour on Madden. You've been scrolling through Twitter. You had mad time to try to figure out a way to be a better version of yourself, to fix the community, because that's one in the same. It's one in the same. And because you didn't do that, I could come at you with the same vociferousness that you come at people with and say, you didn't vote. You didn't vote. So I could come at you and be like, Hey, how'd you get better today? How'd you, how'd you better your mental health? What did you do to learn? What did you, what did you do to exalt yourself? What did you do to elevate? Who have you helped? Did you help yourself? How? Show me. I don't do, I don't do that. I come on here. I have conversations with you. People take with it from it as they may. And that's and that's pretty much it. But I just find it so interesting that just people come at you this way about voting as if that is it, as if that is the end all be all, as if that is what that is the number one priority. Voting only happens, but ever so often. Yeah, <laughs> there are things that we need to be thinking out, thinking about outside of that. And we need to be holding ourselves accountable to outside of that day daily. Not every four years. Yeah. <laughs> Daily. That's how things change. So that was my sort of uh, conversation on that. And I'll end it with this. We got on to a, a conversation about my dear friend that I went to the art museum with mm-hmm. in this business that they have selling all natural, all organic hair and skin products. He was excited about it. He was going to take the person's card because I had it handy and he was going to bring it back to his girl. They were going to go online together and do some shopping. Right. Supporting supporting some more local businesses, Mm -hmm. small businesses. Awesome. Now, let me bring this all together for a second so people can laugh with me, please. Let's laugh at Reginald together. (laughs) (laughs) This man got up at the end of his visit, walked out of my house. Here's the problem. That tropical smoothie I talked about earlier, he left all of his trash on the dining room table. That is unsavory. (laughs) That is a distasteful thing to do. Okay. In our society, you do not leave trash on someone's table when you go over for a visit. Number two, he left the card on the table that he was supposed to take that would have helped him support the local business of my friend. Thirdly, because this person used to live with me, for some reason, their mind took them back to a time when they did live with me, which was more than seven, eight months ago, and tried to lock the door with their home key, which does not and should not work on my lock. (laughs) And in trying to do so, so strongly, so arduously, they broke the lock. So now my key and my roommate's key does not work on our lock. We cannot lock our door. Please come rob us if you would like. (laughs) (laughs) So my point in this is 
You're so worried and stressed out about what all these people think when it comes to the politics and these people's emails and if they're a part of some terrorist organization and if they're working with this and you've done went down this rabbit hole of politics, worrying about all these things that ultimately you cannot change. Can you vote? Yes. Yes, we do have that. We can use our voice, our voice for that. And you can hope that the person that you put in that place does right by everyone as best they can. You can hope, but there's so much more that a person can do for their community. One, as I've spoken about numerous times on this podcast, is being mindful, mindful of the moment that you're in. Mindful of the people that are around you at the time, listening, being present, living in the now. That is where true power lies for us. So you don't did all that talking and now you don't left trash on my table, left the car that you were supposed to take in order to support a local business and you broke my fucking lock. So what do politics mean when you do that in my house? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's. That's like, that's, uh, is that three strikes? <laughs> I'm like, you, like, do you feel me though? Like, no, I, I understand. Like, I understand you want to learn about things, but there, but for you to just com- completely be blind of all of these things in the immediate space that you're occupying, whether we're talking about actual locational space, square footage, or time, time and space, this, which you immediately occupy, you are gone. You worried about Joe Biden's emails. No, pick this fucking trash up and stop breaking my lock. Like, how about we? St- how about we start there? Joe Biden's the f- emails. Yeah, like the fuck is you talking about? So, so that's so that's where my mind goes. But you know, I hope you know everybody's going out and voting. And, <laughs> you know, like, you know what I mean. And, and I hope that you're also worried about your civil duty in other ways. Now, before I allow you, Keon, to go on and get into things that you would like to speak about. Because of this absent-minded, this extremely nefarious absent-minded moment that my friend Reginald had, I would like to take time to walk us into our second meditation. Okay. (laughs) Another five minutes I'm going to give us for meditation because we need everything we can get because people are out here tripping. Okay. I would like... If you are listening and you are in a space in which you can close your eyes and do this, that's great. If you're on the move, you need your eyes to be open. That is fine, too. Just listen and try to calm yourself and do what you can with what we have going on here. So I'm going to start the five minutes now. I'd like for everyone to be able to close their eyes. Try to have their back as erect as possible to allow for good breathing and to come to the breath and to focus on how the air fills up the lungs, fills the diaphragm. I would like for you to try to focus on what you see behind your eyelids, if your eyes are in fact closed. 
What are the little spurts of light that you can see doing? What colors are there? What patterns are there? Just like in our last practice, breathe in and breathe out as a count of one and see if you can remain conscious throughout your counting all the way to 10. If you get lost in thought at any point in time, bring yourself back to one and start over. could just be distractions masquerading as items of importance. Realize that when we allow ourselves to get taken into a place of anxiety or extreme anger. It is usually just a loss of perspective. We have forgotten that this is where we're supposed to be. That everything that we've ever known will come and will pass, including as one of the truisms, one of the truest truisms in our existence, our life. We could just as easily be having our last breaths on this earth and just 
how saddening would it be? The thought of you using your last minutes being angry about Joe Biden's emails. <laughs> that is all. That concludes our five minutes. Thank you very much for joining us again on that. I'm not going to be doing this every, every time, but I, I definitely want to get people a little bit into the groove of meditation because I do find it to be so transformative. I, I would I think I would be doing a disservice if I didn't at least try to get people involved in it. So that's that. How you feel, Keon? What's up, man? What's up? What's up? I'm coming out of my uh, out of my mental space right now. Um, you coming coming out of your sleep? <laughs> uh, no, nah, I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't sleep this time. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't sleep this time. Uh, but no, it's. I, I do think it's still. It's still very relaxing. Just to like. Just. Just to take a moment to just. Sit down, close your eyes, breathe very deeply. Um, mm. And either whether you're thinking about, you know, something or not thinking about something, it's it's all very right. calming. Um, yeah, it's all very calming. Uh, so, mm -hmm. yeah, man. Yeah. The, yeah. And that's the whole thing. We talked about it on the last one. A lot of people say, oh, I can't stop thinking. My mind's just not the type of mind that'll turn off. It's not about shutting your brain down. <laughs> that's not what it's about. You're going to have thoughts that arise in consciousness, just like you're going to have heat and cold and smells and sounds and all these other things arise in the consciousness. It's just about being able to focus on them. If a thought comes, look at it. Take a second to analyze it and look at it from all of its different sides and then allow it to pass as, as thoughts do. Just it's about getting further and further away from being lost inside those thoughts and having to snap yourself back out of it. And focus again on any given thing that has arisen. So that's that's really that's really all it is. So just you have to continue to do it with love, compassion, you know, no judgment. Mm -hmm. It's just something you practice and you get better with it as time goes. I, I mean, it's it's completely changed my life. If I could only have people put their brain like if they could just see what I see the way that I experience things versus the way that I used to it's it's so transformative it's so it's absolutely insane but um all right all right I'm done with all of my weirdness go well I mean for now <laughs> go ahead man what, what do you what do you got what do you got buddy um a couple of pods ago we were talking about uh survivor's guilt I believe Yes. And you had mentioned something about how Jay-Z had had some survivor's guilt because of kind of all the people that he left behind, the life that he left behind that other people were still kind of living. And it's the rock. And and I get that because Jay-Z comes from a place of, of poverty and, and violence and, and drugs and things like that. So I could yeah. I could see how he would feel that way. Um still knowing that you can't help everyone. Mm -hmm. um, however, I was listening to one of my favorite songs the other day that features Jay-Z. It's the song called Light Up from uh, Drake's um, Thank Me Later album, classic album. Yes, yeah. 
And the verse, I'm not going to, I'm not obviously not going to go do the whole verse here, but um, there was a part in the verse that really stood out to me where Jay-Z goes on to say, the summer's ours, the winter too, top down in the winter, that's what winners do. And to these niggas, I'm like Windows 7. You let them tell it, they swear that they invented you. And since no good deed goes unpunished, I'm not as cool with niggas as I once was. I once was cool as the Fonz was. But these bright lights turn me to a monster. Sorry, mama, I promise it wouldn't change me, but I would have went insane had I remained the same me. Fuck niggas. Bitches too. All I got is this money. This'll do. <laughs> hey, yo, he be spinning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you because you brought this up to me, the song at least up to me the other day, mm-hmm. and I went and listened to it, and I got, I, well, here's the thing. I listened to it twice, mm-hmm. and both times during his verse, I got chills. <laughs> both times. It was, absolute, it was absolutely insane. Go ahead. And so <laughs> it's like, yeah, sure, he has that survivor's guilt, guilt you know, just knowing where he came from. But we got to normalize leaving some of the past behind us. We have to normalize leaving people behind us um, because I think that it's healthy. I do think it's healthy Um, because I'm sure, you know, we've all heard a thousand times, whether it's on real life or on television, where someone says, you know, oh, you went Hollywood, Um, you know, (laughs) you changed up on every on everybody. You know what I'm saying? You you. Right. You brand new. You know what I'm saying? You acting like this. <laughs> you acting brand yeah, new. Yeah, you acting like that, you know? And I think a lot of times that just comes from their own inabilities to make these changes. Um, mm. I think that they don't like you for changing your mindset for the better, but that's also mm. because they don't like themselves for not seeing some type, some type of vision that allowed mm. them to do the same thing. Get them, Keon. Um, you know, I don't like, like I told you the other day, I don't care what anyone says. Money changes people and that's for the Mm -hmm. good or for the bad. Um, but in this case, I think it's for the good for Jay-Z. I mean, look what he's done in his career, the things he's been able to do with his, uh, with his spotlight, with the limelight that's been put on him. And I'm certain he's had hundreds of people that he used to know from back in the day that have come up to him and told him how he's changed and you know you ain't doing this you ain't doing that and it's just like Mm -hmm. well you know what i've done a lot of things that have been really good for me and jay-z has also done a lot of things for the community for for other people that have been really good for them but i just you know, I just can't stand when a nigga comes up to you and says, oh, you changed. You ain't you ain't the nigga we used to know. Like, well, you goddamn right. You goddamn right I'm not. What you talking about? I mean, what do you want me to say? You want me to say, oh, no, I'm, I'm still that guy. I'm, I'm still him. I'm still him. Like, no, I'm not. I'm not him anymore. <laughs> Come on, guys. I'm right here. Remember me? <laughs> what are you talking about? What do you want me to do? You want me to you want me to do a robbery with you? I'm right here. Like, I can do whatever you want. You want me to throw my life away with you? Yeah, I can do that. Exactly. I'm Come on. And it's just like accept me. Accept me, please. It's just like <laughs> people have to see you doing well for yourself and be okay with that. 
Um, yeah. It doesn't automatically mean that Jay-Z is going to pull a stack out of his pocket and give it to you. That's not how it works. Yes. Um, that's not how it works at all. Um, <laughs> when Jay-Z gets to a point where he feels like he can he can do a little something for someone or the people that have been down for him the entire time, not the ones that have been in his fucking ear asking for asking for 10 grand. You know what I'm saying? Um, the ones that he hasn't talked to in five years that come up and, you know, they want to come visit the crib. They want to come see Beyonce. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't like that. Let's normalize switching up on these niggas. Let's normalize it. <laughs> Cause like, especially if it's, if it's better for that individual. Oh, that shit is hilarious. I fuck with it. Though. Like if it's better, if you're taking, if you're making strides and you're trying to do what's better for you and your community and your family and the people that are close to you, I don't see any wrong with that. The person that's wrong is the person that doesn't realize that you're doing this and why you're doing it. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I was just letting you go. This might have been, this might have been your best take. You know, and if this, this, if you, I'm sorry, if you, you know, if you, in, like, if, in, okay, Jay Z, he's been, he's been a, a figure, a public figure in the hip hop community, in the black community for a long time now. Um, in the in, in the entertainment community, in the in the in the Forbes community, the money community, he's been there for a long time. And if you want to keep that money or that success, you are gonna have to cut some loose ends or whatever type of uh, cancers are in your life holding you back. Especially if you come from the type of background that he does. You feel me? Yes. Yes. Um, and sometimes that can be hard. Because you know that you know you got to cut off friends, you got to cut off family. Um, but once you once you found that light, you just can't let niggas dim that. You can't let people dim that. Nah, you gotta you gotta light up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you gotta light up. Nice one. You gotta, nice you one. Gotta, yeah. <laughs> um, there's actually something that this makes me think of. This is from the Sanskrit. I'll, I'll I'll show you how it links in a second. Okay. Look to this day. I'm sorry. What is the Sanskrit? The Sanskrit. So this is so the Sanskrit is in um. Hold on a second. I guess for you. Sanskrit is a classical language of South Asia. Okay. Uh, belonging to the Indo, uh, Aryan branch of Indo-European languages. Okay. Um, but it's just it's just a, it's just a writing. Um, look to this day for it is life, the very life of life in its brief course lie all the verities and realities of your existence, the bliss of growth, the glory of action, the splendor of beauty for yesterday is already a dream and tomorrow is only a vision, but today well lived makes every yesterday a dream of happiness and every tomorrow a vision of hope. Look well, therefore, to this day. Such is the salutation of the dawn. The reason I bring that up is because this is something that definitely touched me when I read it. And it it definitely draws parallels with what it is you're talking about. Because if you start looking at your day 
Like this is where you are. This is where the true power is. And if you live today well enough, it will be a beautiful memory tomorrow. And it'll give you hope for the next days or the days to come. If you start living your life in that sort of manner, you're going to change rapidly. Mm -hmm. Things, the way that you look at life, the way you, you start interacting with the people. And I mean, honestly, the bonds that you're going to start making with people are going to change because now your whole vision, your whole ideology on life is going to change. And the people that are also somewhere in that realm, in that sphere, are going to slowly start to be attracted to you. You're going to start meeting new people. With that comes cutting off the fat or leaving of certain people behind that no longer fit that mold. They don't fit that mold that you're looking for, that you're aspiring to be. There are some people, like I just talked about, when, um, when it came to being great at something. In giving all your effort and time, your existence, dedicating your existence to being great at something. I mean, if people are around you and they don't see that you're giving your life up for the better good. If they don't see that this sort of self-abnegation that you're now adopting in your life sacrifices that you're making to again become a more virtuous self those people they have to go there it's not even really have to it naturally those leaves fall off of that dead tree it's no longer that relationship no longer bears fruit and that's just what happens it's been dried up yeah. there's nothing else there in that relationship that has to that has to die. Things have to continue on. I remember having a conversation with somebody recently and the phrase for old time's sake came up. <laughs> and I thought about that for a second because I've had it, this isn't the only person that said it to me. I've had multiple people say it to me. You we've all heard it. Yeah. Oh, let's do this for old time's sake. Oh, you didn't hang out with this person for old time's sake. Oh, come on, man. We gotta do it one more time for old time's sake. Nigga, no. <laughs> let me explain to you. Let me explain to you why not. For the sake of old time, what does that mean really? The old times were forsaken for a reason. <laughs> Apparently, we left that shit in the past for a reason. Right. The same reason why old times ain't present times. Is because we wanted to get away from that. There, we, there was, we could not continue to do that. If we decided to remain the same us, we would have been. We would have became insane. Right. We can't do that. It is life. It is natural to continue to grow and want to be something else and cocoon and then shed it and be something beautiful. That's what life is supposed to be. You trying to fight that? I mean, it's it's going to seem unnatural. And I, I, this, I'm so glad that you brought this up because this is something I've been feeling for, for more than enough time is just constantly revising and editing who the fuck needs to be here, yeah. <laughs> who needs to be in my immediate airspace. 
That's just something I think about it all the time. Like, who's looking at me for the things that I'm doing and the person I'm trying to become crazy? You know what I mean? And why do they look at it that way? You know what? It's actually fine. I don't need to really know why you think that. I just need to know that you no longer have a place in where I'm going. And that is okay. That is it's it's just as okay as you not getting your haircut by Stefan every time. <laughs> it's just okay as whatever intimate relationship, sexual intimate relationship people have together and they just have to go separate ways. It's not necessarily because of one person. It's not a, it's a me thing or it's a you thing. It's a us thing. This is this is circumstantial. Life has bestowed upon me a certain way of seeing things and a certain drive inside of this being, this vessel that has me on go. And I'm trying to become something else. And you don't see that you not only do not see it, you can't you can't even begin to understand it because you're not worried about trying to be better. You're not worried about trying to support because, again, now it's you're have you have all different sorts of amounts of self-pity going on because you're looking at someone and like you alluded to I don't like what you're doing because it should without you saying anything to me you don't even have to be reproaching me for not doing what it is you're doing you can be carving your own path this own beautiful enlightening path and not saying nothing to nobody worried about yourself doing your own thing but I see it And it raises questions to myself and what I'm doing, what standards I'm holding myself to. And it makes me dislike myself. And since I don't have a certain level of emotional maturity that it would take to wrestle with these demons and figure out a better way or better yet, even may come talk to you about it and figure out how you got to this place. And try to learn from you because that makes me feel lesser than because when I was growing up, my mother used to tell me to shut the fuck up in the middle of the street in front of a bunch of people. I can't I can't fuck with you anymore. So now I'm just sitting off to the side wanting you to have wanting you to fall. I want to see the fall now. I see you rise and I can't wait till he slips up. Oh, he's going to slip up. He ain't shit, really. Like I used to know him back in the day. He ain't really about that shit. This is an act. It's not going to last. Like people start to get into this place because of their deep insecurities that are just eating them alive. And that's so sad. Mm -hmm. It's so sad when you really think about it. But that is the that is the core of what's going on there. I'm glad you brought that up. When you say normalize, changing up on these niggas, I find that to be hilarious (laughs) that you just that you just. normalize changing up on them yes let's try to critically analyze and figure out when people need to be left behind because that is something that happens we outgrow people the tree of life for us they wither away it's fine we have to go in different directions the world is so abundant life is so abundant that it's okay because there's always someone new there's always something else So we should never feel that void. It should never be, oh, we're missing this thing now. There should always be something that we can 
derive inspiration and motivation and beauty and meaning from. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much what I what I got on that. I'm I'm really glad I'm really glad that you decided to um to bring that up because that is that is for real. Yeah, man. Like you know, nobody just because you know you're still doing the same things that you used to do that that e- that maybe even we used to do. You know, doesn't mean that I have to feel like I have to be there with you and have that ball and chain around my ankle. You know what I'm saying? When I'm trying to elevate myself and do what, you know, do what I need to do to put myself in a better position, whether it be physically, mentally, financially, um, emotionally, you know, you can't, you can't let, you can't let people hold you back, man. Can't let people hold you back. No, absolutely not. And I'm glad you said the ball and chain and trying to elevate because clearly those are two extremes right there. One does not allow you to do to do the other. So. Man, that's just so terrible. The the thing. One thing that's. The saddest is when someone. Deceives themselves into believing that they are still that old person. Uh And I've been and I've been caught in that every now and again in my life where I'm trying to become something else. I'm trying to transform. I'm trying to break, get into the cocoon so that I can break out like I feel myself on the verge of a breakthrough. But then I don't. And this is no longer anymore the case, but more so in my, you know, earlier 20s, mid 20s. Wanting to remain the same because what was normalized, at least in my mind, was staying the same because that was what was cool. Yeah. Like you're supposed to stay the same. Like what you mean? Yeah, like this, how are you? This, like, this how, nigga been how, solid forever. He been solid. Yeah. You can we find this nigga in the hood. He here. <laughs> like we... <laughs> We had like, yeah, like he's still out here hitting these licks and yeah. fucking these girls and you know what I mean? Toting uh-huh. that pistol, like, you know what I mean? Blowing down that weed, uh-huh. like he the same old nigga. Like, that's how you know he real. Like, we got to break out <laughs> of these chains. I ain't never left the hood. I'm here. We we have to break out of this mental slavery. <laughs> like, it's 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 absolutely insane. We can't continue to do this. Yeah. We can't we can't continue to do this. We have to we have to learn a better and just way of thinking. Mm-hmm. People have to philosophize a bit more. Oh, say a say bit that longer. again. Philosophize. Philosophize. Uh, philosophize. Philosoph- okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. Philosoph- yeah. Yeah. People need to. Yeah. Think deeper <laughs> about about the about the mental scaffolding, if you will, the building the structure of the way that we think about things. Not just the thoughts themselves, but the way that we get to them. Yeah. I've spoken about this more than enough times, especially the algebraic equation, the way that you get to a conclusion. Uh-huh. Those are the types of things that I'm interested in. It's not about being right all the time. It's about having a right way of thinking so that you can get to things better. Yeah. And like, um, but that go ahead. me personally, I can I can be a very emotional person sometimes, you know, so I find I found my uh, myself in a. In, in the headspace where I'm like, you know, feeling bad because I have to, you know, not necessarily leave someone behind, but just the fact that whatever I did, whether it was good, you know, if, if it's good for me, it may have disappointed someone else. And like you, mm-hmm. I've, I've, it's, it's taken me a while, mm-hmm. but I've had to escape that, that sort of, uh, those sort of thoughts. You know what I'm saying? 
Right. Yeah, 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 for sure. But the, I mean, but those are good thoughts to have, though. You know that you're human. Right, right, and right, that you, right. <laughs> and that you, you know, you, ha- you have empathy. Right. You don't want to just make all these decisions and not and not ever consider what other people around you are going through as you make these yeah. decisions to better yourself. You just have to understand that it is for the betterment. Right. Um, so that self-deception element that I brought in there, I did. I, I told people last time, I told you, we have to talk about deception. We have to talk about lying. Something that's clearly, clearly quite renowned. Yeah. We all, you know, people do it in all different sorts of levels. And that's a lot of what I want to talk about. But I want to, I want to approach it through a compassionate lens as I try to do certain things. Because compassion, as I've said before, is something that we all need to work towards because it is just abysmal in a lot of people's way. People like to say that they're compassionate, but when you look at their actions, a lot of the time it is devoid of compassion and understanding for other people, the way they do things, cultures, traditions, thought processes, knowledge, education, level status, blah, blah, blah. So. I think the first thing that made me think about this was this author. I had uh, read a few of her books. Her name is Janine Driver. She is in deception specialist. She is a lie detector. Yeah. She is good. <laughs> She's worked with the FBI, uh, CIA. In the uh, behavioral She's, analysis unit? You, you know, pro- yeah, but I went over there, taught them a few things. Yeah. But it, yeah, so I've read I've read a few books on on lie detection. I find oh, I just find lying so so interesting, and the reasons why people do it, the ways that people try to do it. So I one of my favorite things to do. A lot of people don't know this is to catch people in lies. Okay, <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> revel in catching people in lies because I, I it's because it's a, it's a real a science. It's an art. Um, Because there's certain things that you have to look out for and you have to pay a lot of attention. And I love finding anything where I can pay a little bit more attention and and see a great result in it. So first thing I wanted to get across, as I did with the gelato monkeys on the last one, is talk about a couple animals that are really good liars, deceptive artists, because this is pervasive in all different sorts of species. some would say that it's necessary to deceive in order for self-preservation. Mm-hmm. So let's see, what we have some of the best. We have some of the best liars or deceivers in animals. First one we're going to do is the Eastern gray squirrel. Squirrels, we, we know them. They're in North America. They will have these nuts in their mouth. <laughs> Whoa. And <laughs> and they'll run around and act like they're planting it somewhere. But 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 then run and plant it somewhere else. Okay. For any for any birds or other squirrels that may be watching them in the distance. <laughs> So they try to they try to trick them or they'll they'll put up uh, a bunch of sticks and leaves somewhere that look like a cachet. Okay. 
but there's nothing in there. So when another squirrel goes over, they realize there's nothing there, and they went and hit it somewhere else. Oh, shucks. <laughs> oh, nuts. Right. <laughs> then you have the cowbird. This is a bird that has about 40 eggs, I think, or so per season. Damn. It's a lot of eggs that yeah. have per season. So, since they have so many eggs, these birds will go and instead of making their own nests, because that's a whole lot of work, will go drop their eggs off in another bird's nest somewhere. Like with other eggs in it already? Or Yes. Mm. To mask the fact. Interesting. And then that proper bird will come back to its nest and they will inadvertently raise the cowbird's offspring. But see, that's interesting to me because most animals when like most animals, like if there's something a little off about the baby bird or whatever the baby is, mm-hmm. they'll like they'll kill that joint. Like, they'll just kill it. You know what I'm saying? Like if 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 a lot of times when like certain animals are, you know, like a, let's say a human takes an animal because it wants to maybe help it, fit, you know, maybe it's got a broken wing or something like that. A lot of times yeah. when they return those animals to the habitat with the mother, the mother will, you know, kind of shun that, you know, shun that baby because like it smells different or it can tell that it's been with, with humans or even another, uh, Mm -hmm. even, even another tribe of, of that animal, like that scent is different. So it's interesting that it's interesting to me that that bird would just willingly raise this baby because I have to assume that this bird looks different. Than all the other chicks, right? Yeah, I I don't know exactly what's going on. If it's just something that's, deeply mer- like that's interesting you know, maternal I, or what? Yeah, I watch I, a lot of National Geographic, so I got right. <laughs> that's really interesting. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, look, do your research on the cowbird. Okay. Yeah, but th- yeah, but this is something that happens. Hmm. The blue jay is another one. Blue jays apparently have an uncanny ability to make hawk like sounds. Okay. So that is used in order to scare off other birds if there is feeders or some food around so they can get an easy meal. Nice. Yeah. So I just wanted to start with a couple animals that do some deceiving in ways of self-preservation, clearly. Because I feel like at the end of the day, that's, that's usually what it comes down to with human beings, too, is some way trying to preserve their their self or their sense of self, uh, their sense of security. You saying niggas ain't out here just lying for fun, just having a good old. Well, well, <laughs> well, well. No, I'm not. I'm not going to say that either because we're gonna we're about to go through some degrees of lying, and we're gonna if we can, we're gonna try to extemporaneously or you like the word impromptu, come up with you know. Did you anecdotes. did you say I like the word impromptu? Yes, you do. <laughs> I know this about you. <laughs> That's one of your favorite words. I do right? like to use it. <laughs> so, so, by the way, anybody, everybody, I know a lot more about Keon than he thinks that I know. <laughs> I listen. Anyway, so we're going to try to come up with some anecdotes that go along with every one of these degrees. So, first one would be lying... So, by the way, I just need to say this first. I don't condone lying. That that does need to be said at the beginning of this. 
I don't condone lying. I've gotten much, much better at not lying throughout my life because I, I think I've told you before, even even on this podcast, I used to be a lying piece of shit sure. back in the day. Like, oh, my God. Just wake up and be like, how can I deceive a nigga today? <laughs> in what ways can I deceive someone? Well, you have to because the thing is, once you start, you start telling too many lies, you, you have to continue. Yeah, yeah. Because the, because at a point in time, your life becomes a lie. Yeah. <laughs> so the only way to continue to back that up is with lies. That's the thing. So And that's why I don't condone it, because we're going to talk about any sort of ethical stances on telling a lie and the degrees of telling a lie and how people value certain types of lying versus other ones and what you're willing to tolerate in the area of deception and what you're not willing to tolerate. So that's why we're going to do this. But why I say I don't condone it is because even if we're going to, we're going to get slowly and slowly closer to the other side of the scale that shows where we can have a little bit more compassion towards those that lie to us. Even in that case, the reason why I don't condone it is because the more and more and more you lie, you start to condition yourself to do so. Uh And then I think that the lines start to become blurry and you will slowly start sliding down that scale completely unbeknownst to you. Right. You know, so that's why I just don't believe that it's something that we should be doing. And again, if you are into the whole religion thing, <laughs> they just tell you don't do it. <laughs> and I guess you're just supposed to listen to them. So first one. When the liar tells the person or persons a lie and they know that this is going to cause said person or person's harm. Mm -hmm. But the person lying, the liar gets nothing out of it. Seemingly they, they do not attain any sense of stature status. I should say nothing tangible, no money, no reward, no trophy, nothing, but they're telling a lie to do it. Now, this we is usually what we just conceive as bad. Right. This is usually what we conceive as reproachable um, and just not really much else to say about it. It is undoubtedly a bad thing to do. Mm-hmm. Do you have an instance in your life where you or someone else has just told a lie? Or you heard something somebody said they just told a lie and it just seemed like they were just telling a lie to tell a lie. And they knew that it was going to hurt someone, even though they had nothing to gain from. it. I mean, I'm not. About, I, I don't know. I, I don't have a specific moment in my mind right now, but I'm okay. certain that I've I've witnessed this happen before. So. I had a friend and he was dealing with a young lady and for some reason or another this lady told him that she was pregnant with his child (laughs) she was not pregnant with his child Is this about to go to a very interesting place? I'm not going to go too far in it. Okay. I'm just going to say that 
it seemingly made no sense for this woman to tell my friend this. She gained nothing from it. But he went through hell in his mind for months. And so that is the type of lie that is reproachable. That is undoubtedly a heinous transgression to make. Right. The only thing she could have possibly gotten from that is is some sort of delight because she is a complete sadist. (laughs) She likes to see people's pain. She wants to see the city burn. So that's not cool. No. Right. That period. That does it. So can you, how did it, how did, I mean, how did it end? She was, she just was at some point in time told him, Oh wait, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, never mind. No, no, I was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Uh, that's not yeah. So you know that there's 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 an issue there. Yeah, that's foul. Um, because all it did was just just put this person in a, in a, in a hellish place because this this man did not want to have a child with this woman. If it was the last thing on earth he would like he wanted to do, it was have a child with this person at this particular time in his life. Right. Moving on. Someone telling a lie. To someone or some persons. And that's going to hurt someone. Could be the person they're trying to lie to, whatever. They're 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 admittedly in their minds hurting someone by a lie that they're telling, but that lie is also going to help them in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Mm-hmm. Anything in your mind now? Um nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I, I didn't. I, there are plenty of times I'm gonna. I, you know what comes to mind in this to me? What? Dirty Mackin. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty fucking Mackin. Going up to someone that you would like to woo, and the only way you feel like you can succeed at this is if you spread a lie about someone that you think that they're interested in so that you can kick them out of the picture and so you can have your chance at triumphing it. Uh Dirty Mackin. And by the way, on here, I don't think I told before because you asked me, oh, well, isn't that just cock blocking? No, Uh, there is a difference. There is a difference. Now that we're back here, cock blocking just pretty much denotes that you're stopping someone from attaining someone. (laughs) That's all that it denotes. Dirty macking means that not only are you playing defense, but you're also on the offensive side as well. That means you're stopping the person from getting who they want, and you're also about to slide in there and try to take over from that point on. Mm -hmm. That is dirty macking. And that is this type of lie. Okay. Telling lies so that you can come out on top. There's people doing that in, you know, in the work, in the workforce. 
telling lies about somebody so that they can try to get, you know, the position that they're both in competition for. There are many ways that that that, that goes. That's you. That's a lot of people lying. I mean, a lot of people lie in all these different variances. Uh-huh. The next one. Telling a lie. And it doesn't hurt the person, nor does it help you. That's that's These probably the dumbest. One. We, that's a dumbass lie. Yeah. <laughs> that's usually what we, I guess, would call a white lie. Uh-huh. That's the sort of liar that I had to cut off a little over a month ago from our friend Eddie that lives down in Florida now. Uh-huh. He used to just tell me a bunch of dumb ass lies that didn't out I, I habitual. You, know, you don't understand <laughs> I would just try to figure out because I would catch him in them all the time just through very simple questioning he would tell a lie I would start asking questions about it you know where to go what to say then he would start saying some stuff that was clearly quite incongruous with the lie he just told because when you tell a lie people don't understand it's quite work it, it's quite a bit of work that goes into telling a lie yeah you have to think about everything that you've ever really told this person. You have to think about the factors in between you and that person, the variables, the other people around that could easily trump this lie with a little bit of investigation. If this person goes and talks to person A, B, and C, or, or is my lie just going to fall? Right. Is it going to crumble? Yeah, you can't be lying in close circles. N- n- you, <laughs> you have to think about what you may say or experience with this person in the future. Right. That could completely crumble everything that you have going on for you in this lie at the moment. Then you have to think of the lie. And all of this has to happen. In a second's time. Right. And be over here stuttering. Without, without, without giving away cues that you're lying. There's so much brain activity that is taken to tell a lie. So for this person, like I said, it's not much that you really have to do to start getting, you know, to start really deducing that people are lying to. You create a baseline. You, you just ask them questions. If you know them for a long time, it's much easier for you to have a baseline. You know what they're usually like. Right. Because people have these misconceptions that, oh, they have shifty eyes or they start rubbing their hand. They start getting fidgety. They start putting their hands this way. Those are all myths. Those They could be the reason, but not solely on their own. You create a baseline. You see what people are usually like when they just have regular, calm conversation. So you want to get a lie? You ask somebody a couple questions that you know they're using they they shouldn't lie to you about. Oh, what's your favorite color? Oh, you know, what, what, you know, what'd you eat today? Just start asking just regular, comfortable, conversational questions, and then you hit them with the question that you really want, and you see then you see the shifts, then you see what changes, what fluctuates in their demeanor, in their gestures, all of that, their posture. So that dude was a lying ass dude. I just couldn't. Uh, again, it didn't hurt me. It didn't help him. But it just 
it just got to a point where I'm like, okay, well, if we're just going to continue to live, you're just lying. We're just we're just making sounds at each other. Making sounds. With, with, without truth, without the firmness of truth in our conversations, we're just making sounds. Like we're not really saying it. We're not really getting things across, but sounds. Uh-huh. There's there's nothing in this. There's no meat and potatoes. There's, n- there's nothing substantive in this. So the next one. Telling a lie that is going to help you, but again, seemingly to the liar, not hurt the other person. You got anything there? I am not prepared. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just saying if if any of these catch it, because I mean we've all heard people lie. Yeah, nigga, like you've definitely been a part of a lie at some point yes, in time. Yes, you know I what have. I mean? Yes, so I have. I'm just wondering if any of these ever ever tickle your the, fancy well, or catch these your attention. Instances, yes, I'm certain that these have happened in my life. I just I don't I'm not prepared with a very specific time in my thirty mm-hmm. years of living at this very moment on the spot. Understood, sir. Understood. So let me think of one. Telling a lie that you don't that you don't think is going to to hurt someone, but you know that it's going to help yourself. Oh, what do you know? I actually have one off the top of my head. Someone had recently told me a lie, and the what's the most interesting thing about it was the lie that they told wasn't a big deal. Which is why I believe this person was was on this side of the scale. They felt like if they told the lie, it would definitely help them Mm -hmm. continue to do what it was they were doing. But it wouldn't necessarily hurt me for me to not know the information. Mm -hmm. Um, So pretty much this is what happened in a nutshell. I know someone that is that is being used at their job they're being used by someone that is in a higher position than them mm. and they're being used for their their nasty little games nothing sexual is actually taking place but the person gets their little kicks being able to say things and have their little passes at this person mm. And it's going untouched. Now, the person that lied to me said that the reason that they allow this to continue to happen is so that they can solidify some sort of longevity at this job. Is it worth it? So that they can have the security and the longevity and maybe possible, 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 you know, further rankings elevation ascension i mean can i ask you has has what whatever's transpired i mean is it along the realm of harassment um you well if you if you go to harass if you look up harassment and what they say is harassment in the in the workspace yes okay yes again now it hasn't nothing has been physical right right there's been there's been no touch, 
but there has been quite suggestive, quite, quite the suggestive things that were said. Right. Now, I, like I said, I pay attention very, very intently to conversation. So when this person came to me and told me some information and I sort of put things together myself, I realized that this person was still allowing this, even though the person told me that this was no longer a thing taking place. So I asked them a certain question that is a chess move that got them pinned up in a corner and they didn't know how to answer it. And when they did answer it, as soon as they answered it, they had already showed their hand and it let me know that they were lying. (laughs) I'm good like that. Mm -hmm. So again, this person lied sort of by omission, but then a little bit just blatantly after I asked a certain question. And they thought that they would be able to continue to have benefits if this lie prevailed and that it wouldn't hurt me at all to not know this information. That is my anecdote to go along with that. The next one. Lying in hopes that it helps you and the person you're lying to. I have one. Bam, there we go. Well, I don't, we I don't hold on, go. hold on. You tell me which one this is. I'm just gonna mm-hmm. I'm just gonna say it. Okay. So I was leaving this was probably in like mm, 2014, maybe. I was leaving a job. I had gotten a new job, a better paying job. And there was someone at the job I was leaving that I wanted to take with me. I knew that if I had asked her to come and work with me, it would benefit her financially. It would be mm-hmm. less traveling for this individual. And I just thought it was going to be a win-win situation. Like, And, you know, she's just good at what she does. So okay. I was not the boss at this at the job that I was leaving. I did have a boss that was like in there with me at all times. Well, not all times. Um, So funny enough, I tell my boss that I'm leaving and not too long after this other girl tells our boss that she is also leaving. And so my boss starts to put things together and she asks me straight up, says, are you taking, we'll call her Jocelyn. Are you taking Mm -hmm. Jocelyn? to the new job with you. And I, <laughs> and I looked her dead in the face <laughs> and I said, no, because I didn't want no parts of that drama. I didn't want any issues. Um, yes. you know me. So I lied and I said, no. And she looks at me and she says, are you sure? Cause you kind of, you didn't really like look at me when you said that. And I'm just like, and I'm just like, no, I'm, I'm not. And, I, and of course, now I'm looking at her and I'm just like, no, right. I'm not. I'm not doing that thing that you said that I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. And um, it's just funny because like we had a conversation about it a couple of weeks ago because I still keep in touch with that boss because she's just cool peoples. Um, right. And, you know, it's it's all out in the air now. Like she knows that I took that person. She's not holding it against me. We had a great yeah. laugh about it. Um, right. 
But in that instance, I did lie. For for yeah, my yeah. own benefit, and for no benefit of hers. Yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah, for all oh, right for no benefit of hers. She was gonna lose something, and I was gonna gain something. Well, but the thing is, whether what's funny is she was just asking because she wanted to know because there would have been nothing for her to do in that instance. No, she would have just she would have just known. So it would have just been for her delightful to be able to have that little morsel of information Uh for you you still leave and go on to your new job right and for the other woman you're speaking of she also still leaves and goes to the other job so in that instance there's really and this is why i say that i don't condone the line because you're right that doesn't necessarily hurt anyone that lie that you told it doesn't necessarily help anyone either Everyone's going to go on, no matter you say yes or no to that question, everyone's going to continue on their, their path uh-huh. that's already set out for them. <laughs> but this is but this is why I don't like it, because, again, it just when we start to tell these lies, we we start to divvy out these justifications for it. And then slowly and slowly, if we start to condition ourselves to lie, just as long as we're coming from a good place. We'll find a way. We'll find a way to contort reality and feelings and sympathy and things like that in our for our betterment. To to build to build a scope in which anybody could, you know, look through and agree with us that this was the right way to go. You know what? That was that was a decent lie. I could I could understand why you would lie that way. You just start to manipulate things a little too much. And I think it's a slippery slope and it becomes a little easier and easier every time you lie about things to manipulate all the variables into, you know, behooving your transgression of deception. Uh So that's, or fitting it. So that's, that's sort of my idea on that. I just try my best. Sometimes I just, these days, listen, don't, Please don't ask me if you don't want the truth. <laughs> like these days, I'm I'm doling it out to people. Please don't don't ask because I'm going to tell you, and it just some it, it there can be a bite to it sometimes. There can be there can be a bite to it sometimes, but I but the reason I brought this up is because I wanted people to understand that even though clearly it's pervasive through all these different species and we see these different reasons for why we should do it. Self-preservation, trying your best to allay hurt for other people. It, I just find that honesty is the best policy, but when you are being presented with lies and you're detecting the lies yourself, Try to think about this as best you can and try to be compassionate. Try to think about why this person's telling you this lie. And if you can, call them out on it and have have a real discussion about the lie, why they told you the lie, what you don't like about it. It's great. I tell people all the time, I don't care about that lie at all. The actual, the actual mold of that lie, the 
the consequence of that lie is minute. It's it's honestly abysmal. It's nothing. It, it has dissipated immediately. But the fact that you felt as though you had to tell me the lie, that's where the rotting begins. That's where the insidious corrosion in the relationship starts to fester. And that's something that needs to be addressed in no matter what relationship you have with someone. So that is my take on deception. That is all that I had for the people about lying and trying to get over on people and fool them and pull the wool over their eyes and all that other bullshit. Do you have anything else for the people, my man? Uh, no, sir. No, sir. We can wrap it up. Well, then please, please proclaim your last words. Do not be afraid like I once was <laughs> to elevate on these niggas. <laughs> Normalize switching up. Normalize on it, man. Especially if it's better for you. That's all I'm saying. Uh, That's all I'm saying. This fucking hilarious. <laughs> Yeah. Uh I'm I'm I yeah, I'm I'm I definitely I definitely second that. And also understand, I will add this in there. Understand that you can be outgrown. Yeah. And you also have to reciprocate that same sort of appreciation and understanding that we're asking for right now. If you see somebody moving in a certain direction in Maybe you don't quite see the vision or you can't quite get there. You can't quite be on the same boat with them. That is okay, And you have to allow that to be okay, And you can just send them a warm farewell (laughs) and keep it moving. That is all right. My last words, I'd have to say. Lying. Try your best to not do it. Tell the truth. And if and if you're not going to tell the truth, just don't lie. Ooh, think about that. <laughs> think about that. All right, man. This is it. This is it. We're done. We out of here. Peace.